Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. The former Cardinal closer, Jason Isringhausen, who joins us now on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's always good to hear from Izzy. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. I think the last time I heard you on our station, were you in Turks and Caicos when you were on with Anthony and Rivers? <laughs> we, hmm. We're in Belize. Belize. There you go. How was it? Yeah, it was it was amazing. I'd still like to be there, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to start with uh, with, with this. You you obviously are are headed down to Florida, but the last time I saw you down in Florida a couple of weeks ago, I asked if you were participating in the. Uh, in the Cardinals fantasy camp, you said, "Nope, no more playing for me. I'm I'm a manager. I'm a coach. You're done with that playing part of it, huh?" Yeah, I, I hung up my spikes. I retired. I am now managing people and uh, enjoying it a lot more. I'm not near as sore. <laughs> Good for you. I, I understand that completely, Jason. We were we were talking uh, a couple of days ago, and I, I wanted to know when you are trying to make the transition from Double A to Triple A uh, to the majors. What are some of the things that you look for in the p- pitcher specifically to make that transition? What are the things that that guy needs to do to be able to move up um, when it's time? Uh, well, there's, there's multiple things, but I think the main thing is, is like, uh, we're, we're trying to get them ready to sustain, um, uh, we try to uh, increase their innings maybe by 15 or 20% each year. So we're trying to get them ready to be able to sustain that 200 inning mark. If they're a starting pitcher, you know, in the big leagues, you know, it's, it's, it's a long season. They have to be able to sustain those, uh, 30 or so starts and, uh, if they can't prove that they can do it, then it's time for either of them to become a reliever or they repeat a level to where they, their body can uh, can withstand that kind of wear and tear, so to speak. Now, I was talking to Andy Bennis the other day, and he's a big guy, and he was saying that uh, – and so I want to you're, – you're a bigger guy. When you are a bigger pitcher, is it easier to, to sustain those innings than if you are a, a smaller guy uh, with not the same size or same frame? Well, I would think so. I mean, I don't know how it would translate maybe from football to baseball, but I would think like a larger lineman can sustain and absorb the blows, so to speak, better than a smaller guy. And uh, I think it's the same thing. You got bigger bigger muscles, bigger body. It helps absorb the wear and tear of, of the innings that you put in your body, your legs, your hips, your core, your shoulders, your arm. Uh, we look at guys, those wiry guys, uh, a lot of the guys that come, uh, like Latin America guys, a lot of those guys are really long and uh, uh, skinny, and we try to get some weight on them, try to make them eat right, get more protein in their bodies, change their diets so that uh, they can put on a little extra weight so they have a little, uh, I don't mind having a little fat on the body. It helps to, uh, it helps to absorb some of the wear and tear of, uh, of the year. Yeah, is he? Uh, you know me. I don't either. <laughs> Jason Isringhausen, former Cardinal closer on 101 ESPN. You know what I enjoy, and sometimes it happens here at the the major league level. You get to see it in working with kids, though. Is when the 
and I guess now with all the information that young players have, it's different. But when the light goes on in terms of figuring out command and figuring out, okay, I can put that pitch pretty much where I want it. And most of the time, I would guess when you draft a pitcher, they don't have that level of command. But how much fun is that when you work with a kid and then the, the light goes on and they figure out, okay, I can do this at a really high level? Yeah, it's one of the things that we have to deal with a lot. And uh, it, so it really shows some of the, the stubbornness in some of the kids. You know, they, they come out of these major uh, major college programs, and they're used to being able to have – they have really good stuff for college levels. And they get away with throwing pitches right down the middle and get people out. And as they move up the ladder in our organization, you can't throw the pitch down the middle and expect to get people out. And uh, uh, Jack Flaherty was a perfect example from when he was in A-ball to AAA to where uh, what we have, uh, some of the analytics charts that we have, we call heat map. And it shows like a fastball, uh, oh, fastball. And it shows you a map, a square of the strike zone. And it gives you colors, red, orange, and then a dark red. And it shows you how your fastball, your command, and, uh, you know, we talked to Jack and all of his fastballs were kind of in the middle of the zone. And as we talked to him and told him, hey, we need to put these on the corners. And once the light went off on him, you know, he just blew away hitters in double A AA and triple A. And he was able to throw his fastball down the way and, and follow that with the slider down the way. And then he goes out and rattles off, you know, a point nine ERA in the big leagues. <laughs> and um, that, 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 that type of thing is like we're going to have to have with the, with the McGreevies and the Graceffos. Those guys are college guys that get away with the ball in the middle of the plate, but as they move up in the organization and get to the big leagues, I don't care how hard you throw or how much movement you got, a ball in the middle of the plate is going to get hit a long way. One thing that I heard about Maddox when he was pitching, if you're a really good pitcher, you can cut the plate into three different sections. But Maddox, it wasn't just the four quadrants of the plate where he could put it where he wanted, but then it was two inches inside, two inches outside. If you can do that, if you can have like six areas through for the width of the plate, that that that's going to be greatness, right? Well, that that was the thing with him is like he would throw a fastball off the plate and he has, he was so good with his control. His catcher would keep moving out, out, out off the plate and he would go as far as the umpire would call it. And then once he realized that the umpire wouldn't call it anymore, he would stay right there. And it mm-hmm. could be four inches off the plate. We all saw some of the games that he pitched and <laughs> getting those calls four or five inches out the plate because he could hit it every single time. And, you know, it all depends on the umpire that day. Hey, Jason, what are your thoughts on the pitch timer? You or a veteran played a long time. Uh, how would that affect you pitching and, and also the, the amount of times you could throw over to first base? Um, well, I, I think that pitching, that the timer thing is going to mess with a lot of guys in the big leagues. Um, we get some guys that come down on rehab and they try to do it. Like when they come down on a rehab assignment, like the umpires don't want to force it against them, but they've actually tried to do it and it's hard for them to do it because I, I would have had a little bit of a problem because I always stepped off the mound and rubbed up the baseball and things like that. And you really have to be on the mound. You have to be ready to go. And <clears throat> the hitter has to be ready to go. In the minor leagues, if, if that clock gets down to so many seconds and the hitter is not le- looking at the pitcher, they call a strike. So he can be looking, he can be in the box looking down at the plate. If he's not looking at the pitcher, they call they call a strike on him. So it's it's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of gray area. Uh, the throwovers, it's going to be a cat and mouse game because these guys don't know how to steal bases. Once they get their leads, they're just going to get bigger and bigger leads to make the pitcher throw over. Then after so many times. They can't throw over anymore, and if they do throw over and they don't pick him off, he gets second base automatically. There's going to be a lot of cat and mouse games with some of these guys that really know what they're doing on the base pass. Hey, is he 
are there pitchers that will benefit though from a pitch timer because they, they spend so much time that it seems to me there's guys that overthink it so is there a chance that at the other end of the spectrum the pitch timer can benefit some pitchers I think so. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, it's that anal- uh, paralysis by analysis type of uh, uh, mental thought. And, uh, you know, you really have to be ready. You have to get the ball back. You have to get on the mound. You have to get your signing. You have to get into your motion and get set before this clock keeps ticking and ticking and ticking. And, yeah, you get a lot of guys that walk around the mound. They got to check this. They got to check that. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think some people will benefit. But I also think there's going to be some guys that are going to have a real problem with it. I'm betting that in the length of your major league career with the multiple teams that you played for, and and you were with the Mets, A's, Cardinals, uh, Mets again, Angels, uh, at some point somebody handed you a work fast and throw strikes t-shirt, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, because that's what, if you talk to any middle infielder, those guys that take forever, those guys are miserable back behind you, your defense. You always want to you always want to keep your defense on their toes uh, one way or the other, either letting, you know, line drives get hit at them or putting the ball in play, whatever you got to do. But, oh, they'd love, you know, you, you hear a Greg Maddox won a complete game, I think, with 78 pitches one time. Um, you don't see that anymore. That's usually four innings today. So, you know, uh, those type of guys, those hitters, the defense are on their toes. They love to play defense behind those guys. So, yeah, it's going to it's gonna help the defense a lot. Hey, we talked about the pitching uh, prospects and how they get graded to move up. What about hitters? What are you looking for from a hitter for him to move up from double-A AA to triple-A or to the majors? I think it's just the, the mental side of it. Uh, if, if you can hit 300 in A ball, you probably can hit close to 300 in double A. You know, that's, and we always say, this kid never hit 300 in A ball. How's he going to do it in triple A? So mm-hmm. you kind of look at it that way. But in that same sense, you know, hitting's hard. I mean, three out of 10 is Hall of Fame. And I think it's watching these kids, how they deal with failure. And uh, that, that can go through six months of a full season of dealing with failure, you know, seven out of 10 times. He kind of, it's it's. I think it's more on the mental side than the physical part with the hitter. Is he one last thing baseball wise for those of us that don't watch a ton of minor league baseball? What's the difference in twenty twenty three between double A AA and triple A? Uh, I, I think it's I, well. It used to be double A was like the prospect league, and now it's uh, with the COVID and we've cut out some younger teams, the short season teams. I think there's a lot more prospects in uh, in triple A, but I think it's just the, like for a pitcher, it's the command. Uh, a lot less throwers. You know, you get a lot of guys with better command in the upper levels. And with hitters, you just they, – they're patient. They wait for their one pitch, and when they get it, they don't miss it. Uh, in the younger younger levels, you see a lot of throwers, so to speak, and pitchers that can hit the backstop. They can hit the bull whenever they want. And then uh, <laughs> then you get the hitters who swing at – you know, breaking balls that hit in the grass that they're swinging at. They're, they're guessers, and they swing at everything. Now, Jason, uh, Randy and I, and I, I want to see if you're the same way. We're kind of old school in our thoughts in, in terms of pitching, and, and I personally don't like for my pitcher to pitch four innings and then we go into the bullpen and, and now we got four or five guys coming up. What are your thoughts on, on starting pitchers going deeper into games? You talked about Maddox doing it on 78 pitches. We don't see you know these pitchers going deep into games anymore. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, I I just think that's the way they're trained today. Um we, we try to train them to be able to throw 100 pitches a game, but uh, I, I, I fight with our younger guys all the time. I make bets with them and to see how many uh, average pitches they can throw in any. I'd like to see them throw 15, 15 or less in any to get them through six or seven innings. I just, you know, the kids are, 
they, they live by the strikeout now. So they're trying to strike somebody out from pitch one rather than, you know, you can't strike them out without getting strike one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's mental side of it, I think, more than anything. Uh, just trying to get these kids at those strikes and realize that their stuff's good enough in the strike zone to get people out. Who do you like Sunday in the Super Bowl? Oh, man. Uh, I would like to see Mahomes win another one, but I think Pittsburgh's really good. Or Pittsburgh, I think Philly's really good, though. Yeah, they're they're tough. Pittsburgh and, is good too, though. Yeah, yeah. So, so Izzy, when I texted you a couple of nights ago, uh, you said, "Hey, you're you're struggling. You better pick it up in the fight." I don't know if you were listening yeah. yesterday, brother. <laughs> I did. I didn't. I didn't listen to it yesterday. I figured I'd hear about it this morning, though. So I, I, you texted me. You said, "Hey, you you better pick step your game up a bit." You got beat two days in a row. I said, "I know. I'll get that guy tomorrow." Just a blip. You took, you took him down. Huh? I got him. I got him. We changed the name. We changed the name from the fight to the bludgeon because he was beating the hell out of people so badly. Mike actually did a good job for the last couple of days. That's very good. It's not. It's not very likely that uh, he gets beat two days in a row. So I'm I'm glad you're back on your game. Thanks, Izzy. Appreciate it.